the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now he's insulted. I mean, it's an insulting, outrageous thing to say to him. But he just doesn't respond to it. You know, you, you don't have to respond when someone insults you. You don't have to be outraged. You don't have to strike back. Even though you may want to. But you know, we're told the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And Jesus here demonstrates a lot of self-control. And he just ignores the insult. How do you respond when someone attacks you? For most of us, our first response is to get defensive. And then go on the offensive, finding ways we can tear down our attacker and get back. It takes so much more strength to stand steadfast in the love of God and brush off those attacks. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, Jesus demonstrated this strength as only he could. He had all the power of God at his disposal, yet he held back wrath and demonstrated extreme love and grace. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. down at verse 45, Jesus says, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. I tell you the truth and you don't believe me. So they're not, they're not the spiritual children of Abraham, because when God spoke to Abraham, Abraham believed by faith. When God spoke to this crowd, they didn't believe. A spiritual child of Abraham will receive God joyfully and will believe God's word. So now look at verse 41. Verse 41. Jesus just told this crowd that they are not the children of Abraham. Physical descendants, yes. Spiritual descendants, no. Abraham's not your spiritual father. You're nothing like Abraham. And they are so offended by this. This crowd is so offended by what Jesus just said to them about Abraham not being their father that they responded with a personal attack against Jesus. Look at verse 41. Then they said to him, well, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. We were not born of fornication, meaning Jesus, you were born of fornication. And what are they referring to here? Well, remember Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? She conceived the child, Jesus, in her womb of the Holy Spirit while she was still a virgin, right? In fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, 
Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's, that's Jesus. He's God with us. He's God incarnate, God in human flesh. So Mary was a virgin when she conceived the child miraculously. And the, the statement that they make now in verse 41, saying, we were not born of, of fornication, tells us that all those years later, all those years later, there's still a lot of people around who never believed Mary's story. That thought she just made this whole thing up to cover her sin. And really that child, Jesus, was conceived in fornication. Out of, out of wedlock. It was the result of sexual immorality. And at this point now, they're so offended, they throw that in his face. Now, these are the same people that back in verse 30 are described as believers in him. But now they've pushed his button. They've put, he's pushed their buttons to the point that they say, well, well we weren't born of fornication. You're, you're going to tell us that Abraham's not our father? You're, you're going to tell us we're not the legitimate children of Abraham? You're, you're going to tell us we're illegitimate? You, you got no room to talk, bro. You were born of fornication. You don't even know who your dad is. We know who our dad is. Our father is God. And you, you can imagine the crowd at that point going, ooh, right? I mean, come on. They just insulted Jesus. They just insulted Jesus' mother and her morality, her reputation. And those are, those are fighting words, right? I, I, I expect the next verse to say, you know, then Jesus said, Peter, hold my tunic. You know, like, <laughs> I'm about to get Old Testament God on these people, you know? But look what it says. Look what it says. Jesus did not respond to the insult. In fact, he just ignored their insult. That's a pretty heavy insult. And he just ignored it. You know, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16 says, A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Jesus is wise, and he stays calm when he's insulted. Now, he's insulted. I mean, it's an insulting, outrageous thing to say to him. But he just doesn't respond to it. You know, you, you don't have to respond when someone insults you. You don't have to be outraged. You don't have to strike back. Even though you may want to. But you know, we're told the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And Jesus here demonstrates a lot of self-control. And he just ignores the insult. And so they, they say, well, hey, we weren't born of fornication, meaning you were. And then they say, we have one father, God. So now they make their third claim here, and they claim that God is their father. And Jesus refutes that in verse 42. He says, if God were your father, <clears throat> you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. 
nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. He said, if God were your father, you would what? What does it say? Love me. A child of God loves Jesus. A child of God loves Jesus. How, how can you tell when someone is a child of God? How can you tell uh, who, who, who their father is? They'll love Jesus. They'll love Jesus. child of God loves Jesus. That's how you know. Now, if a person says they're a child of God, but they don't, they don't love Jesus, they're not a child of God. Now, the, the commonly held opinion in our culture today is that everyone is a child of God. doesn't matter who you are or what you believe or what you say or what you think. We're all children of God. But that's, that's not true. That's not true. Now, here's what is true. The Bible says that we are all created by God. And the Bible says that we are all made in his image, every person. And the Bible says that God loves everyone. Or God loved the whole world that he sent his only begotten son. Now that's, that's true. But it's only the person who loves Jesus Christ and who embraces Jesus as Lord and Savior. Only that person can become a child of God. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 12, but to all who believed him, believed Jesus, and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. So it's only those who believe Jesus, accept Jesus, that are given the right to become the children of God. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that he then adopts us into his family and makes us his children through adoption. And he he brings us into his family through adoption, but that happens through faith and Christ. Those who belong to God love Jesus. That's how you know they belong to God. And they, they love everything about Jesus, right? And he tells us in verse 42, the reason that we, those who belong to God, love Jesus is because Jesus proceeded forth and came from God. So, of course, they would love Jesus. He's from God. Now, this, the crowd here, they, they claimed that God is their father, but their, their hatred of Jesus proved that God is not their father. They hate Jesus. They want to kill Jesus. God's not their father. Verse 43 says, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able, notice that, you're not able to listen to my words. They were not able. They they didn't understand Jesus' words. They were not able to listen to him because of their unbelief. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, Paul says, listen, the natural man does not receive the things of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man or the non-believer doesn't understand the things of God. They can't receive the truths of God. They don't have a capacity for the things of God and the truths of God. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. They're revealed by the Holy Spirit that dwells in a believer. The natural man doesn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him or her. And so it, 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 the things of God are foolishness to the natural man, to the non-believer. 
We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Maybe you remember before you were a believer, maybe you remember uh, trying to read the Bible, and it made no sense to you, and it, and it was confusing, and it may have seemed foolish to you, or listening to a sermon, or watching some preacher on television, and it just seemed like foolishness to you. I remember when I was a teenager, I was probably about 13 years old. I remember one Sunday morning watching, and I have this it's a very distinct memory, watch, uh, flipping through the channel, channels and coming upon some TV preacher, and he was talking about the passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus uh, says to Peter, feed my sheep. And he kept repeating that over and over, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And, and it struck me as so funny because it was such a strange statement. What does that even mean? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. I remember going to school the next day and talking to my friends about it at lunch. Like, you know, what does this even talk? And it, and it became like a, like a joke that we kind of sh- said to each other for a period of time. That's how, you know, we're lucky to get struck down by lightning or something like that. You know, but we would jokingly say like, hey, feed my lambs, hey, feed my sheep, you know, kind of things. Because it just was foolishness to us. Because it's just the natural man. It's just foolishness to the natural man. But what happens once you're born again and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, then finally now you understand the things of God. Now you open the word and it makes sense to you. And it's words of life to you. And it's water to your thirsty soul. And you, you take it in. You love sermons now. And listening to sermons. I hope you like sermons now. And... You know, listening to him on the radio or listening to Christian music now. And, and, and you know, why? Now you've got the Holy Spirit. Now you've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Before, when you didn't, ah, you didn't want anything to do with that stuff. But now, with the Holy Spirit in you, now there's this hunger and this desire for it. And here, in John 8, verse 43, Jesus says, you're not able to listen to my word. Why? Because, of, because you're non-believers. You don't have the Spirit. And so you're not, you're not able uh, to do it. You're not able to understand my speech. So now we come to verse 44. And in verse 44, Jesus really drops the bomb on the crowd. You know, he's, he's been hinting at this all along about who their father really is. Now he tells them. They insisted that Abraham is their spiritual father. Then they insisted that God is their father. Verse 44, Jesus says, You are of your father, the devil. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. 
And I want you to note that there. The desires of your father you want to do. It's not that their father is making them do what he desires. They want what their father desires. They want it. And why am I making that distinction? Because if their father, the devil, was making them do what he desires, then on judgment day, they could say, the devil made me do it. It's not my fault. I had no choice. But no, what it says here is that they want what their father desires. They've got the same desires as their father does. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Some just you know, biographical information here about the devil. He's a liar. He's a murderer. You know, you start reading the Bible, you don't get, you know, three chapters into Genesis and you realize he's a liar and a murderer, right? You don't have to get very far in the Bible at all before you start to realize this about the devil. There's no truth in him when he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Now, look back at verse 44. And what Jesus says here that I just touched on, it's very key uh, what what he's getting at here. When he says, the desires of your father you want to do, or to put it another way, And we're talking spiritually here. We're not talking about the physical world. We're talking about the spiritual world. Spiritually, he's saying a child wants to do what his father desires. A child wants to do what his father desires. And that's how you can identify whose child that is. Because spiritually, a child will do what his father desires. And so... Uh, The crowd said they are children of Abraham. Okay, so do they desire the same things that Abraham desired? If Abraham's their father, do they desire the same things that Abraham desired? And the answer is no. Abraham received God joyfully when God appeared to him. Abraham believed God's word. And and this crowd, they didn't receive Jesus Christ and said they're plotting to kill him. And they didn't believe his word that he spoke to them. So they they don't desire the same things as Abraham, so they're not Abraham's children. Then they said that they were children of of God, that God is their their father. Okay, well, do they desire the same things that God desires? Well, children of God love Jesus because Jesus came from God. They don't love Jesus. So they don't want the same things that God wants. So they're not children of God. See, the child wants whatever the father desires, A child of God will want the things of God. Let me repeat that for you. A child of God will want the things of God. So you have somebody who says they're a child of God, but they have no interest in the things of God. You know, you have someone who uh, says they're a child of God, but, you know, they're they're not into, you know, I don't like worship. I don't like going to church. Not you guys, of course, because you're in church, right? I I don't like listening to sermons from the Bible. I don't like the Bible. They're, just, they're not into the things of God, which is an indication they're not really a child of God. A child will desire, will want the things that the father desires. They, they say that God is their father, but they don't desire the things that God wants. So Jesus says, your father is the devil. 
You're children of the devil. Why? Because they want the same things the devil wants. That's how Jesus knows. The devil is a murderer. They seek to kill Jesus. The devil doesn't stand in the truth. He's a liar. Jesus tells them the truth. They don't believe him. They resemble the devil. They resemble the devil. A child of the devil doesn't love Jesus, doesn't love the truth. A child of God loves Jesus, loves the truth, wants what God wants. Verse 46 now. Again, he says, which of you convict me of sin? If I tell the truth, why why don't you believe me? He says here, which of you convict me of sin? He's saying, you know, "Is, is there something I've done that would cause you not to believe me? Is there anything I've done, anything that I've said that would cause you to doubt my integrity? Is there anything I've done, anything I've said that would cause you to uh, call my credibility into question? Is there anything I've done, anything I've said that has shown that I am not truthful, not trustworthy? Is there anything? Of course, the answer is no. They, They could not convict him. Of, of any sin, because he was without sin. He was perfect. He was blameless. That's why he was the perfect sacrifice for us, right? It says in the Bible that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus knew no sin. He lived this perfect, spotless, blameless life. And God laid on him all of our sin and then punished him in our place as a sacrifice for us as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world so that we could then be forgiven of our sins and reconciled back to God. And this, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. That Jesus died in our place for our sins to provide forgiveness and salvation and reconciliation for us. The just for the unjust, right? The sinless for the sinful. Sometimes it's called the great exchange. Where God takes all of our sin, everything we've ever done wrong, he takes our rebellious attitude, all of it, and puts it on him, and then punished Jesus in our place, but then he takes the righteousness of Jesus and he puts it on us. And so now we stand in the righteousness of Christ, not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. And so he says here, which of you convicts me of sin? I tell the truth. Why do you not believe me? And then verse 47, he who is of God hears God's words. You know, how do you know a child of God? They're going to hear God's word. They're going to receive God's word. They're going to listen to God's word. They're going to obey God's word. Therefore, because you do not hear, you are not of God. Right? So how can you identify a child of God? A child of God loves Jesus. A child of God hears the word of God, receives the word of God obeys the word of God, loves the word of God. It really comes down to those two things, loving Jesus and loving his word. A person who loves Jesus and loves his word is a child of God. He asked me how I know and I say, 
If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray too for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.